Welcome to Pop Culture Legends, a mini-series from Digital Dissection, a nerd podcast. Pop Culture Legends explores the spaces in between mainstream and esoteric across the world of media. There's a lot to unbox across video games, movies, TV, and comic books. We hope you enjoy the spaces in between those spaces. Today we investigate the murder of Elizabeth Barraza, an avid Star Wars fan and cosplay enthusiast. On January 25th, 2019, Elizabeth was murdered in her driveway during her annual garage sale. The details of these events were caught on surveillance camera, but very little is known as to why they ever occurred. We explore the known information behind this tragedy, as well as new information in the years since Elizabeth's life was cut short. Nineteen seventy-seven Star Wars kicked off generations of science fiction and pop culture fans. The stories that took place a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away spawned eleven films, numerous animated and live-action shows, plus dozens of video game tie-ins. The struggles of balancing the Force, intergalactic politics, and seemingly endless war is worth over an estimated $70 billion. New fans of the successful property are born almost every day. Fans of Star Wars in particular have always been known to dress up, creating customized outfits becoming a very large part of cosplay, or dressing up as a specific character. The dawn of the comic convention normalized the art of costuming in 1964, but one unique costume group stands out in the world of Star Wars, the 501st Legion. In August 1997, avid fans Albin Johnson and Tom Cruise formed the group in South Carolina. After producing fan pages for their Stormtrooper outfits, fellow costumer Arnie De Herrera of fan group Stormtrooperland would find their site and reach out, growing the team's presence. Shortly after that point, member Scott MacArthur would join in developing the group's logo, featuring the Fighting 501st, later adding the tagline, Vader's Fist, named after the famous Sith Lord from the Star Wars property. As national and regional comic conventions went city to city, so did the 501st members with more and more photos being added to the team's website. Dozens led to hundreds, hundreds led to thousands, and the club's members now stretch across the entire globe. The Legion, while initially purely a fan group, is now a charitable organization endorsed by George Lucas after forming an unofficial partnership, leading to the group being able to use copyrighted characters so long as never for personal profit and the franchise is represented positively by the 501st members. One member specifically was Elizabeth Barraza, or Liz, as she was known by friends. Liz was a huge pop culture fan, particularly with regards to Harry Potter and Star Wars. Together with her husband, Sergio, they thoroughly enjoyed making costumes attending conventions, and showcasing their work when opportunities arose. According to family, 
Liz was an incredibly charitable person and would join the 501st Legion as a member, volunteering for various causes. Amongst them, visiting children in hospitals where they lived in Texas. Liz had talent for creating costumes, a major requirement for becoming a Legion member. She would quickly earn a role as local chapter event coordinator and be known within the 501st community by her member code TB93474. Needless to say, Liz was happy to be a geek and happily described herself as such. To celebrate their fifth wedding anniversary, the Barazas had plans to see the Wizarding World of Harry Potter in Orlando, a musty location for Liz in particular. She was so excited for the trip that she already packed her bags and created a custom pair of shoes based off of the Marauder's map feature in the series. On an annual basis, Liz would host garage sales out of their driveway in Tomball, northwest of Houston. It was a fairly normal affair for the Barazas, and this year's sale would help pay for the Universal Studios trip. On the morning of January 25th, 2019, Liz was prepping for the sale after her husband Sergio left for work. Shortly after Sergio left Liz, a dark colored pickup truck pulled across from the Barraza home. An unidentified person left the vehicle running and approached Liz from across the street. A discussion would occur between the two parties. And seconds later, Liz would be shot three times at point-blank range as she fell to the ground. A fourth and final round would be fired into Liz's head, and her killer would quickly flee the scene of the crime. You might be asking, how do we know so many details of this case? That's pretty much straightforward. Several home surveillance cameras captured it on tape. We can see who shot Liz, but it's hard to determine much about this person. They're wearing what looks to be either a large jacket or some kind of robe. As they approach Liz to speak to her, they can be seen reaching into their clothing to pull out the gun. And as they do this, Liz takes a few steps back. There have been rumors circulating that this person may have been wearing a costume similar to Princess Leia of Star Wars fame, but there is no evidence to actually back this claim. The combined graininess of the footage unfortunately only creates possibilities. Authorities can't determine the gender of the shooter. But based on how quickly they run after shooting Barraza, they appear to at least be physically fit. What further makes nailing down physical attributes difficult is the bagginess of the clothing the murderer wore. And online communities have further guessed they might have been wearing a wig. While we know very little about who actually shot Liz Barraza, we have quite a bit of knowledge as to exactly what occurred before and during this murder. Based on the visual evidence, the dark-colored truck had been in the neighborhood for quite some time. The vehicle could be seen circling the neighborhood several times that morning, and some have theorized that the assailant potentially knew when Sergio would be leaving. After all, they arrived moments after he had left 
and acted quickly as soon as they were alone with Liz. There were also reports of the truck being in the neighborhood the night before. Surveillance across the neighborhood also shows that the shooter returned to the scene minutes after killing Liz, potentially to ensure she was truly dead. Apparently, the odds of Liz being there that morning were known only to a few individuals. Despite the Barrazas doing yard sales occasionally, this one had been planned only the night before. Even further, she had called out of work at her job at the Rosen Group for that Friday, where she was a data reporter. So the earliest anyone could have known of the yard sale was that morning when she had put signs out. Authorities have suspicions based on this knowledge. Michael Ritchie, a homicide detective with Harris County, had this to say. It was very quick. It was very calculated. Very cold-blooded how it was done. I do believe that more than one person was involved in this. And I do believe that there are some people out there that maybe have a suspicion that somebody they know may have been involved in this. With as many questions as there currently are in this case, we do fortunately have some details that might help find the killer. Police were able to use several different cameras for footage and determined the vehicle to be an older Nissan Frontier Pro 4X. The decal on the vehicle itself helps to reinforce this belief. And it's a four-door 2013 model or newer. Based on this knowledge, however, we're still without a clearly defined suspect in the case, at least not anyone released to the general public. Since 2019, the case remains unsolved, but an interesting theory did come along. One of the leading explanations, according to Liz's father, Bob Newell, is that the killer was not working alone. In a 2020 interview, he mentions, them circling back and driving by the house, literally a few moments later, is proof that there's something bigger at work here. According to investigators and web sleuths, the idea of returning to the scene didn't just mean the killer had to confirm she died, as we had mentioned earlier, but that they had to confirm this to someone else before they left. This theory posits that not only was this not a random act of violence, but that it was premeditated and possibly an organized hit. After all, the individual involved scoped the neighborhood beforehand, waited for Liz's husband to leave, and used a gun that left behind no physical evidence. Also in 2020, a potential warrant was mentioned by Harris County investigators, as Detective Ritchie would make reference to it in an interview with local affiliate ABC 13. Something's coming down the pike. I feel the results of the warrant will be critical in the investigation and most likely will expose a suspect who's responsible for this. Unfortunately, Little about this warrant has been referenced since, and while it is possible investigators gleaned something from it, it may not have been disclosed yet. In 2021, however, 
a development did break in the case as the Harris County Sheriff's Office released new video from Nest doorbell footage. Remember how it was difficult to tell based on initial surveillance what the suspect was wearing? This new video confirmed that the suspect was wearing boots, a dress or a muumuu, and that the idea of them wearing a wig seemed to be much more likely than the initial speculation. With this new information, Sheriff's Office Deputy Wallace Wyatt had specific words for the party committing the crime. I hope you can't sleep at night and that you know we are never going to stop looking for Liz's murderer. There is no time limit on this case. As recent as 2022, investigators disclosed that they were still chasing down every lead possible in hopes to bring justice for Liz. New developments include a person of interest being sought after in Miami, Florida, as well as Liz's parents increasing the reward for solving her murder from $20,000 to $50,000. Redditors across the world have also begun collecting data on the case and providing their research to the Elizabeth Barraza subreddit. Recent theories from this forum are being updated every day. An additional speculation can be found here that we can't independently verify, but still raise interesting questions. One of these questions does involve Sergio Barraza. And while it's important not to assign guilt without cause, there are some facts to consider. While Sergio is not considered a person of interest, some have questioned his actions after Liz's murder. Photos of Sergio surfaced partying shortly after Liz's death. He would later sell their home not long after the murder. And he would remarry two and a half years later to fellow 501st member Amber Chatham. Sergio has undoubtedly been through quite a bit throughout this shocking and tragic series of events. While many often look to a spouse first in murder cases like these, we want to stress that his actions do not necessarily prove any guilt, intent, or potential motive in this case. To this day, a possible motive has perplexed investigators and private researchers. While many possible explanations are theorized each day, none of them can be 100% proven. Yet. What we do know definitively is that Liz's family and Harris County investigators are committed to justice, and they continue to fight and remind people of her enduring legacy. Elizabeth Barraza is remembered by friends and family as having a big heart and believed in helping others. As an organ donor, her death gave life to four other people, and her work with the 501st Legion brought smiles to countless children hospitals within the Houston area. Hopefully, the truth can one day be discovered, giving closure to her family and bringing justice to those involved in her murder. If you have any information that could lead to the solving of this case, please call 713-222-8477. That number, once again, is 713-222-8477. 
And with that, we hope you've enjoyed this episode of Pop Culture Legends, a digital dissection miniseries. Be on the lookout for future episodes as we explore the relative unknown, as many of pop culture stories lie just outside mainstream periphery. If you like this short story, why not like, subscribe, and comment as part of the digital dissection community. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, as well as our dynamic content on YouTube. Tell us what you think. We'd love to hear from you at digitaldissectionpodcast at gmail.com. And until next time, keep on dissecting, and let's help get Elizabeth justice. <laughs>